Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into another episode of the Swamp 247 podcast. My name is Jacob Rudner alongside staff writer Graham Hall. And Graham, uh, as always, we're back with our game preview podcast. Gators set to take on Texas A&M. In College Station this Saturday at 11 a.m. local time, noon Eastern, uh, Aggies enter play a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Gators are four and four overall on the season, while the Aggies, who went winless in October, are three and five. So uh, should be an interesting battle in a packed stadium. Uh, Florida definitely looking for a win. Aggies looking to get back on track after going on a little bit of a losing streak here. And we are going to break it down. You, Graham, wrote our first look uh, on the site this week, which is how we preview uh, early on in the week in a written form uh, Florida's matchups. Extensive breakdown of the Aggies' offense, defense, and special teams, as well as kind of a look forward at what might happen. And we would encourage you to head on over to swamp247.com in order to get all of that content. Uh, But let's break that down a little bit. Let's discuss what this Aggie team brings to the table, starting with its offense. Uh, varied results so far this season. This is a team that has been inconsistent at best. Uh, It has scored points sometimes, but most of the time I feel like it's been lacking. And now they have a new quarterback. So Graham, uh, immediate big takeaways when watching this Aggie offense on film. Uh, What should Florida fans and potentially even this Florida team be looking out for? Yeah, they have a good aerial attack, talented wide receivers from Moose Muhammad, the son of Musha Muhammad, the all-pro NFL wide receiver. And obviously Florida fans are familiar with Evan Stewart throughout his recruitment, a guy who at first looked like that he may come to Florida before winding up in that number one rated Texas A&M class. And for those who follow recruiting, they're actually catching this Texas A&M program in the middle of a quarterback transition right now as the Aggies have moved on, it appears, from Haynes King and Max Johnson, the quarterback duo throughout the beginning of the season, two guys who really hadn't been super efficient had struggled with some turnovers there at times, King in particular. And then when King went down injured a couple weeks ago, this was an opportunity for them to finally start the five-star signal caller, Connor Weigman, the guy behind him on the roster, who was the number two over 22 overall, excuse me, rated prospect in that class of 2022 ended up being a five-star in the composite rankings. So this is someone who has been getting hype since he got on campus, has been preparing behind the scenes since he early enrolled, and as of last week against Ole Miss, became the starting quarterback for the first time. And what he did, Jacob, was have the first 300-plus yard passing game by an Aggies quarterback since Kellen Mond did it against the Florida defense back in 2020 when the Aggies ended up getting the 41-38 victory. That shows you that their offense may be a little bit more potent than what people thought for the first seven games of the season heading into Saturday's matchup. They also have a very talented running back, unlike the Gators who've 
in the past couple of seasons gone with a by committee approach there in the backfield. The Aggies are pretty one dimensional at running back with Devin and Shane. I hope I didn't butcher that, unfortunately. But that is a guy who has more than 800 yards on the ground this season. And the next two leading rushers on the Aggies roster are those quarterbacks, Haynes King and Max Johnson. So I think you're looking at a, a team that has a lot of talent, is relying on a couple of big pieces there. Like I said, uh, you know, Muhammad and Evan Stewart and, and Devin and Connor. I mean, those are the big pieces to watch for on Saturday. The guys who are going to, if the Aggies end up securing the victory at home, they're going to do the most damage to that Florida defense. I will, uh, I'm going to give you some credit before we move on. Uh, that was the correct pronunciation for Devin yes. Chain. Yes. Uh, and I know this. Shout out to Gigum247 for a 2020 How to Pronounce the Names on the Texas A&M Football Roster Story. I tried. Uh, which just hooked it up. So, uh, yes, Devin Chain, Very talented guy. And as you mentioned, uh, just a great performance from the freshman quarterback last week. Uh, even though the Aggies lost 31-28 to number now number 15 Ole Miss, uh, the results for Wagman were a uh, 28 for 44 outing, 338 passing yards with four touchdowns, no picks. So uh, quite the day for him. Uh, this is a Florida defense that has kind of fired in fits and starts. We've seen uh, varied results throughout the season, like we talked about on our Tuesday podcast, which I would encourage you to listen to uh, You know, on YouTube or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, where it's available. Um not the best performance in the first half against Georgia, but a very uh, valiant effort, especially in pass coverage against the Bulldogs in the second half of the game when Florida outscored them 17 to 14, uh, too little too late. Uh, I think if Florida can kind of keep on its momentum, it could have a pretty decent opportunity to get some stops against the Texas A&M team. Like I said, that's been very inconsistent so far this season. Uh, I'm wondering if you see it the same way. I, I Personally, I think this is a huge opportunity maybe for Florida to get a win as an underdog on the road, but but tell me how you see it from a defense-to-offense matchup standpoint. When you look at what Florida has kind of struggled with this season, blown assignments, covering tight ends, making sure that they don't let the quarterback get outside the pocket, when you look at those things and also the depth concerns, let me mention that, especially when you get into the second half, a lot of those guys – at some of the thin positions, defensive line, linebacker, as they've played throughout the game, you can kind of see the efficiency wane a little bit. I think that when you look at what Texas A&M has done well this season, running the football, that does bode well in a sense for Florida. I think that when it comes to run defense, they have been particularly not, I wouldn't say necessarily impressive right now, but I do think that it's a unit that has shown that they've contained running backs. This isn't the same defense that gave up 300 yards on the ground to LSU last year. They have improved in that regard. A lot of that is because of Ventrell Miller's return in my mind. Obviously you have, I think some talented improved tacklers as well, knowing the focus that Florida's coaching staff put on that in the off season. But then certainly there, this is a, a Texas A&M offense that can do some damage through the air. And that is certainly something to watch in my mind. When you have a freshman quarterback capable of throwing for 330 plus yards against a ranked team in his first start, you have to think that that is a potential threat. You know, I don't really know how Ole Miss's defense would stack up to Florida's necessarily, but I do know that statistically they have been more impressive against the past this season, and they just gave up nearly 340 yards and four touchdowns through the air. So I think that that is certainly a concern 
I mentioned the weapons. I didn't even mention Anaya Smith as well, that Texas A&M, that's three guys capable of consistently getting yards against this Florida defense on Saturday. I mean, three guys who account for more than 1,100 yards in receiving yards already this season. And that's before factoring in a freshman tight end who has been pretty impressive, has 15 catches for 150 yards over the last, I, I think it is five games. So certainly someone being used in the pass catching game as well. That is not a great matchup. Anytime you have an impressive tight end who is going against this Florida defense, that is certainly something to watch. You just, based on what we've seen this season from Utah and this last week against Georgia, when a tight end has been able to get a one-on-one -on -one matchup with one of Florida's linebackers, that is not a favorable scenario for the Gators defense. Now, I think that last week you saw some improvements being made. As you mentioned earlier in the week, I thought Trey Dean had a more impressive game. I thought that the use of kind of playing a little more, it looked like they were playing a little more press man to me, um, but it looked like that was a strength for Florida. If they can continue to build off of that against a quarterback who's not as experienced as a guy like Stetson Bennett in any regard, if they can build off of that, albeit on the road, that is something that I think you could see Florida's defense end up limiting some of those wide receivers' production. But it is absolutely a matchup that is a enticing one to watch on Saturday, and I think it's going to be critical to the result. I agree. I think that the – the new quarterback situation throws an interesting wrinkle into this. Just, you know, Florida not able to necessarily study the guy as much as you would another opposing quarterback. Uh, and that's always a challenge, especially for a defense that hasn't performed well, where consistency has been a problem. It's always challenging to kind of throw in the extra wrinkle of you can't fully prepare for this guy because you don't really know uh, what he specifically brings to the table. But that being said, if you're Florida, you have to be encouraged by Texas A&M's lack of consistent offensive output this season. They rank 104th of 131 FBS teams in total points per game at 22.6. Uh, their passing offense has been fine. 235.9 passing yards per game is 72nd in the FBS. And I think the most glaring number, and you had kind of alluded to it, uh, Texas A&M has not run the ball effectively this season. 123.6 rushing yards per game ranks 101st uh, in the FBS, I think that this is a very favorable situation for Florida. This is an offense that is struggling. I think in a lot of the same ways that Florida's defense has struggled, uh, it puts the two on the field at the same time, which to me is a fairly even matchup. But personally, I, I'd have to give the advantage to the Gators after what we saw from them against Stetson Bennett, against an offense that is far more put together, uh, that knows how to score consistently. And, and they did a good job. So I think that this is a nice... Uh, situation if you are a Florida defense trying to kind of keep up some momentum as we near the end of the year. One thing worth mentioning before we move on, uh, Florida will be without some important pieces uh, potentially against uh, the Aggies. Brenton Cox, obviously no longer on the team, which we discussed in our previous podcast. Kamar Wilcoxon, who has not gotten a lot of run this season, is also no longer on the roster. And then here's an interesting one. Scooby Williams uh, is a guy who is listed as questionable on Florida's injury report yesterday, uh, and just with the dwindling depth uh, across the board for this team, you never want to lose guys. So that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. How much will depth on Florida's defensive side of the ball limit it in a contest against an offense that has struggled? Let's flip the script. Let's talk Florida's offense against this Aggies defense. It's a unit that's been fine, I would go as far as to say. I think that it is a group that has done well at times. Uh, other times it has struggled. I'll go through the rankings for you. Uh, 21 points per game allowed, which is very strong, tied for 26 in the country. 
They allow 375.8 yards per game at 66th, 170.1 passing yards per game allowed. Excellent number. That's 7th. And then 205.6 rushing yards allowed per contest, 120th in the nation. You have to think that that's a byproduct of teams getting a lead and then trying to bleed the clock uh, against this team. I'm looking at these numbers, Graham, and I think it's a huge opportunity for Florida. I see a situation where a good running team is facing a bad running defense, uh, and it might be a situation where Florida's passing inconsistencies are kind of a non-factor based on what I think should be the game plan. How do you see this? Uh, where does where does Texas A&M struggle? Where have they been solid? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, this is a matchup specifically that I think bodes well for Florida's offense because you mentioned how jarring those defensive statistics are for the Aggies. I mean, the number one team in the SEC in pass defense efficiency that is very impressive, especially when you consider they faced, you know, Alabama and some, you know, very good offenses, Ole Miss especially last week. So I think that when you look at that, that is something that stands out right away. But if it wasn't for how poor their run defense has been this season from the inconsistency, they would be, I think, a lot better than their current record is right now. I think sure. they would have held on and, and won some of those games there. I mean, that just – that's kind of just how it plays out there sometimes 120th in the nation in FBS football in in rush yards allowed this season i mean that is that's just not going to cut it and you're facing a florida team that has a very impressive offensive line i believe with you know we saw osiris torrance named to the as a semifinalist to the rotary lombardi award and some of those statistics about him not having allowed a sack uh, where Florida ranks in rushing yards this season, that just bodes well for Florida, knowing that Billy Napier wants to run the football. He has a running back duo right now, I really should say, in Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne that has been able to get, a, I think, a lot of production, the latter of which is now being used on kickoff returns. So they absolutely, I think, have some weapons when you look at them in this game against a Aggies defense that really hasn't done a great job stopping the run. Now, there are some pieces on this Texas A&M defense that have been impressive. Antonio Johnson, I mean, he came in as an all-SEC guy, and he's really lived up to the billing. They have some some decent linebacker play. It's not gr the greatest. And then they have a really good defensive lineman in Fadil Diggs, who has three sacks this season already, but he's also forced three fumbles. A guy who has been in there and really been a dis disruptor and a knack for getting the football out this season. So certainly some impressive pieces. Like like I said at the beginning of this, a lot of people out there are familiar 
with their success on the recruiting trail. And they have freshmen playing early from the quarterback and wide receiver, as well as on their defense. So this is certainly a unit that is improving in a week to week basis. And you're going up against a head coach who has felt a lot of pressure this season to turn things around despite the four game losing streak. He really does feel like they have a lot of promising pieces moving forward. And that's always a dangerous situation when you're going on the road and, and having to face uh, a situation like that, a coach kind of feeling some pressure yet has a lot of talented fresh freshmen on the roster that he is willing to turn to, to turn this thing around for them. I mean, I'd argue that Florida could be feeling uh, its own pressure, not a similar pressure. I, obviously there's no hot seats or none of that going on, but, but I do think that this is a team that's trying to really kind of prove itself here. Uh, just based on what we've heard from players, I think that this is a group that is kind of trying to show some some growth as we get into the latter stages of the season and kind of prove that they've learned the lessons and the guys that are in the house now are the ones who want to be here for the most part. So I, I think that there's something for Florida also to prove in this game. Uh, you had said it. I, I like this matchup for Florida's offense. Uh, this is a group that has allowed 4.33% sacks uh, relative to total plays against FBS teams. That ranks 33rd in the country. But the number that stands out most to me is that yards per rush. Uh, that's five and a half against FBS teams. That's 10th best in the country. You mentioned Florida's offensive line. This is a Texas A&M team that does a lot of three-man front type stuff. Uh, they are susceptible to the run. The statistics would back this up. Uh, this is a prime opportunity to do nothing fancy. And I think that I like that for this Florida team. It's a chance to run the ball. It's a chance to distribute between Montrell Johnson and Trevor Etienne, who I hope get the lion's share of the carries for the Gators in this game. Let's eliminate the third back. Let's just stick with the guys who are really producing. Uh, I think Johnson and Etienne are fantastic running backs. They look great. Uh, Florida's offensive line obviously deserves a lot of the credit, but let's let's see what those two guys can do against a defense that has been porous uh, in that category. And then Anthony Richardson. Let's see Anthony Richardson get open and loose. Uh, he is not completing the ball at a high percentage this season in terms of throwing. So I say, don't take risks, you know, continue to do your underneath dink and dunk, uh, style passing game. But I think leaning on the run is really going to be the key to success for Florida here. Uh, and if it can do that, I think that there's a chance it could win, which we can talk about in terms of predictions in a couple minutes here, as we move into my favorite segment of the show, it's select the sec where you and I go through every game. Featuring an SEC team, we pick the winner straight up and against the spread. And yes, we do keep score, uh, even if it's not pretty. Straight up, this season we have been fantastic. I am 63 and 15. You are 61 and 17. So we've hit that that 60 win threshold oh, against the spread is ugly. Uh, I'm 28 and 36, which is bad. Uh, but it's not nearly as bad as what's been going on with you. You are 23 and 41 this season. Three and two last week, so a winning week uh, for you, but not a lot of those this season. You have really, really struggled. There was a point, I'm not going to lie, there was a point where I thought that you were going to come into week 10, uh, 20 games under 500, which would have really been uh, quite the damper. But a chance, Graham, to turn it around for you. Uh, all seven, all seven. There are seven SEC games this week, although only 13 teams play. Arkansas with an out-of-conference matchup against Liberty. Uh, but let's get right into it. Remember, we do the Florida game last when we go through this, uh, and also the odds we use are the consensus odds displayed on ESPN. So if you were to go and look at scores uh, under week 10, the line listed 
is the line we use, and we use the line at the time of the podcast recording, which in this instance is Thursday right before noon. Um, without further ado, let's get this started. Kentucky is taking on Missouri. Wildcats are five and three. Tigers four and four. Kentucky is a one-point favorite on the road. Graham, who are you going with here? I'm going with Missouri. Okay. Winning win and cover. Well, uh, no they cover, will do course. that with a win. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, uh, uh. as much as I should really be avoiding anything that you say, I'm, I'm, I'm heavily debating going with Missouri here, but better judgment tells me to fade uh, your picks. So we're going to go Kentucky win and cover the one point spread. Uh, and I'm fine with being wrong. Let's go to the, the uh, matchup of the week in terms of, interest number one in the college football playoff ranking tennessee against number three in the college football playoff ranking georgia it's a one-two matchup on the ap poll bulldogs are a home eight point favorite against the volunteers graham what are your picks i am going with georgia to win i think they win by double digits okay so georgia win and cover for graham uh this is going to be an interesting one so far we're going to differ completely Tennessee win and cover. I like what the uh, I like what they got rolling. And here's actually what gives me the confidence in this pick. I'll tell you what. Uh, I liked how Florida played the Bulldogs in the second half. And I think that we've learned so far this season that the Bulldogs are susceptible. Uh, if you can get it going the right way, they 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 aren't perfect. And I like Wasn't this Tennessee Florida team. A play away from beating Tennessee, though, in Knoxville? Uh, they were, but I just... Here's the thing. I think I think Georgia looks sloppy against Florida. I think that it, it got... It. The score might not make it look as close as it really was at some point. It was 28-20. It was a one-possession game uh, in early in the second half. I, I just think that this Tennessee offense is going to have a lot of room to operate. It's a more consistent offense than what Florida's got. And if Georgia's actually susceptible defensively. I think that this could be a good week for Tennessee. So uh, we're going volunteers. Let's move down the list. Uh, this is that one out of conference game. A seven and one Liberty team is traveling to Arkansas, Arkansas five and three and enters play a 13 and a half point favorite for a 4 PM Eastern kick. I'm going to go Arkansas wins, but doesn't cover. Okay. Uh, I like that pick as well. I'm also going to go Arkansas win, no cover. Uh, let's move on down the list. Number six, Alabama heading over to Baton Rouge to take on number 10, LSU. Bama seven and one, LSU six and two. Crimson Tide, I think this is a surprise, but Crimson Tide are 13 and a half point favorites. Well, I said to you before the show, I think that LSU is still going to get exposed for what they are. I'm going to go Alabama wins and covers. You've said that once before, uh, that Alabama is going to expose somebody. I do not believe this is the week, uh, but I do think they win. Alabama win, no cover for me, and we move on. Auburn, 3-5 and five this season. I think they have looked awful, uh, hence the firing of Brian Harson. Uh, taking on Mississippi State at Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State is a 13-point favorite. I'm going to go Mississippi State wins and covers. Uh, need no further explanation. I think Mississippi State wins and covers. Uh, last non-Florida game of the week, we got South Carolina heading on over to the beautiful city of Nashville. Uh, Gamecocks five and three. Uh, the Commodores three and five. 
South Carolina, a seven-point favorite. This is a tough one to pick, uh, but I'll throw it to you first. I'm going to go South Carolina wins and covers. Okay. Uh, didn't sound that difficult for you. I think South Carolina has been really inconsistent. I think Vanderbilt has shown in spurts that it's capable of competing with inconsistent and or bad teams. Uh, and I, mm, for the sake of trying to gain an even bigger lead on you, will differ and go South Carolina wins, but Vanderbilt covers the spread, which I will almost certainly end up regretting. Uh, but we're going to. We're going to go for it. All right, Graham, game of the week. Uh, Florida taking on the Aggies in College Station. Texas A&M, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I need uh, your winner and a score prediction, please. If you couldn't tell from what I was saying in the first 15 minutes of the segment, I think this is a good matchup for Florida. I think what Texas A&M is dealing with, from the losses to those suspensions a while back to the inconsistency at quarterback, the inexperience there – Everything they're dealing with, I just think that it's hard for them to win this game against a Florida team that I think from what I've heard, and this is, I think, maybe a little bit of some exclusive info for the podcast listeners, since since Brenton Cox has left the team and Billy Napier addressed the team about it on Monday, this has been a very, very focused program. I mean, it's just Thursday obviously, but the last couple of days have been a lot better for Florida from a practice and energy standpoint than they have been in the previous month, at least from what I've heard. So given that, hearing that, given the matchup, I'm thinking that Florida wins and covers on Saturday. I'm going to go with Florida winning 31-20 to 20 against okay. Texas A&M. I've been torn about this all week. Uh, I, like I said, see advantages for Florida. I think that this is an opportunity to run the ball really well. I think this is a good chance to continue your defensive uh, improvements and prove that it wasn't a fluke against the Bulldogs. However, I am concerned uh, about Florida's ability to do those things on the road in a hostile environment, I will add a statistic. Florida is 0-5 off the top of my head uh, in its last five road games. That is not encouraging. Uh, and I just, I don't know. I, 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 I have said it on the podcast before. I struggle sometimes to give Florida credit knowing its defensive struggles. I almost feel like as if we're playing the betting game, which is what we're technically doing right now, uh, I feel like the safest bet would be to bet against Florida and make the defense prove you wrong. I think that you're safer picking the other team. Uh, and for that reason, I am going to go with the Aggies uh, to win this game. I think that they just barely get it done. But I will say this. I think Florida covers despite the three and a half point spread. I'm going one point game. 28-27 Aggies. Uh, I think that it's just, it's going to be close. I can easily see Florida winning in a similarly close game. Uh, but if I have to pick, to me, it's a coin toss. Uh, and if I had to pick, because Texas A&M is at home, I'm going to go with the Aggies again, 28-27. So uh, you don't have to like it. Like I say every week, you can hate it. You can hate me, but I want to know. So drop a comment. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, like, subscribe. Uh, we're posting videos all the time. This is our second podcast this week alone. We will have a third uh, Blake Alderman and I are going to talk Florida recruiting as we will be doing once a week 
from here forward. Uh, new podcast, the Florida Recruiting Swamp 247 Recruiting Show. Uh, and lots of content, obviously, on the site as well. We have written content going up every single day covering Florida football, basketball, and baseball. Uh, we're about to have that little crossover period of Florida football and basketball at the same time, which is exciting. Uh, and we will have thorough coverage of both. So if you want all of the latest information in Florida athletics, again, make sure you head on over to swamp247.com. Subscribe, join the message board. A lot of good news uh, going up over there that we might not write in an article. So if you want uh, the, the real premium access, that is the way to get it. Uh, for this episode, though, Graham, I think that's going to do it. I, we uh, I think we've exhausted all of the possible topics, Texas A&M, Florida-related. Uh, you got your picks of the week, even though we can't seem to get them right, but we're going to give it a shot once more. And uh, with that being said, I think I'm going to close this one out. So for Graham Hall, my name is Jacob Rudner, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Swamp 247 podcast. Thank you.